Hi everybody, today on a new episode of the Ulrich Freide Show, we will talk with Anna Lindfors. She was on the podcast before and today we will dive into the topic of femininity, how to surrender to the masculine, the importance of the polarity between femininity and masculinity, and many more topics. Let us know what you thought of the show, and please don't forget to turn on notifications on Spotify. It allows me to invite bigger and better guests. Thank you so much, and enjoy the show. Hello, Anna. It's so nice to have you for the second time already on the podcast. The last time was a pleasure. It was more about sexuality and relationships in general. And like you said, at the end of it, we did not scratch the service. First of all, how are you doing? What are you up to lately? I see a a lot of traveling. I see a lot of uh, nice pictures of other biohackers on your Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing so well. Thanks for asking. It's, I mean, I said before we were recording, but I'm in my ovulatory phase right now and I'm just enjoying it to the fullest, riding the wave and just feeling the rush of energy and inspiration and, and all of these things. And I just, I think it's such a superpower to be a woman. I mean, that's how I feel right now. And then next week I'm just like, oh, you know, cry a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I'm feeling <laughs> super good. Thank you. So happy to hear that. Y- you were at... Was it a festival? Was it what were what what was it exactly? I mean, how how to describe Mind Valley University? I would say, well, it's a it's kind of like a three week festival that's 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 also a conference, and then one of the most profound experiences of your life, where you connect with like minded individuals around the world, just sharing beautiful experiences and having space to do healing and and elevating and growing together. So yeah. That that pretty much sums it up. And then have lots of fun, as you could tell from from the pictures. It's it's a lot of fun for all of us to come together once a year. It looked very fun. Is it once a year? Was it your first time? Oh yeah, it's it's once a year. This was my first time as a speaker. Last year I attended as a guest last minute and it just opened up a whole a whole new world. Wow. A whole new family, I would say. I can imagine. I I even saw Dave Asprey there as well, and 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 Temu. Yeah. <laughs> How do you pronounce Temu? His name? Temu. Temu. Oh, Temu? He goes Temu. with both. I have him on the podcast next Monday. So, all right, let's get to it. Last time we spoke more about sexuality in general, and one of the topics I found interesting, but we did not really dive into, was femininity and of course mm. versus masculinity. But I want this podcast at least this conversation to be in service of the women that are listening and how would you describe femininity in a in general oh first of all i'm so excited for this topic and i just i feel it in my body already it's like oh it's coming but the way the way i like to explain feminine and masculinity is through this metaphor so imagine a river a river is a flowing force of nature moving forwards going backwards you, you you never really know but it's it's powerful and it's there and it's 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 movement it's flow so that would be the feminine energy there's a lot of creation power there's a lot there but imagine a river without its edges it would just it would flow all over you know like the the river would not get anywhere it would not go anywhere because it would just overflow where it is because there wouldn't be any boundaries there wouldn't be any direction any leadership any navigation so that's where the masculine comes in to kind of i don't want to say how to say hmm, to support and bring stability into the femininity and we all have these traits and they vary according to different environments, different people bring out different attributes in us. And and especially for women in today's world, we operate very much from the masculine. So it's about how to get that feminine out there. And for that, we need safety. And I have a feeling that we'll, we'll kind of tap into that in in today's podcast yeah definitely i love that uh, metaphor of the river 
and the edges of the river. I, I also use that metaphor when I'm talking about consciousness and, and thinking. Um, it, it, it applies a bit to the same, but I, I love the, the, the soft flowing metaphor of the water and the edges, the, the strong edges. Just yeah. to add, but the, the point is that a river can flow slowly, gently, slightly forward. Or it can be a freaking storm. It can be a waterfall. It can be, you know, powerful. And you think that's that's the power of feminine because there is that flow. I feel like we are experiencing a waterfall, Anna, today, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely, yeah. <laughs> it's that time um, of the month. Well, what a timing. Okay, so we have the flowing river and we have the stronger edges. Is the flowing feminine what you're saying is that only contributed to a woman no like i said we all have masculine and feminine energy it's not tied to our biology or our identity but i would see it more of as a spectrum it it varies so but i would say that i guess the problem is that a lot of men struggle to embrace their feminine because there's so much stigma and shame around that it's the same with women because we see femininity as something weak you know crying emotions or you know we live in this world where being too kind is seen as a weakness because people will use you we live in a very competitive world and that's that's a very masculine world so my answer is that we all we all have these innate traits or energy or whatever word you want to use for it but the way we display them varies among individuals and different situations and and when you say energy i can imagine that some listeners think is it something spiritual is it something i can touch or how does that exactly occur inside a human being Mm. that's a fighting question (laughs) How do I answer it? Well, if we, uh, if we look at individuals, if we look at humans, our life experiences have the meaning that we assign to them. So, for example, some people use the word energy. Some people use the word faith, li- religion, God, placebo effect. Gosh, there's so many different terms for it. I don't think we know the full answer. I know there are there's scientists studying the basically feminine and masculine energy on a cellular level and how it manifests there and how it's impacted, how our hormones impact that. But I would just, the way I understand it is having these different attributes that we associate with feminine and that we associate with masculine. And they come from women portraying some elements and men portraying some elements in a more default way while we all portray them all to some degree interesting yeah i I can imagine with what you're saying is when somebody walks in a room you you can feel their energy as well right i I feel Mm -hmm. like it's a a bit of the same it's it, it can be some sort of experience when you when somebody walks into a room and you you can feel it so when we talk about femininity in a woman, how do how does a woman experience that in in themselves? Or um, experiencing is maybe it's not the right word. How does one how does a woman explore their feminine femininity in themselves? Oh, okay. See, that's a that's a that's a different question. I love that exploring femininity. I guess my default answer with everything is to pause. Because we live in such a rushed society where we're busy and we're performing and we're doing this and that and, you know, achieving validation from ourselves and each other. So the first step is to pause and just reflect on your life. Just to sit down. Maybe this, you know, next Sunday, Sunday of this week, book an hour, sit down, stretch, move your body, reflect on, do a bit of sensual dance and just activate. Activate and see where the blocks are. This is a side story, but I want to share this because I feel like it fits this example. But one, can say anonymously, so one client of mine found me through social media and then started with the sensual dance flow playlist. 
and they they told me that at first when they listened to it, it triggered them, it annoyed them, and that made them pause. Because at first, you know, the the easy thought is like, oh, what is Anna doing? Like, what like what's this whole thing? Like, I'm not feeling sensual doing this. But they would continue doing it, and every day just kind of just kind of listen to different songs, and over time being gentle and kind and and doing that movement, they started loving the songs, deeply loving the songs that triggered them in the beginning. And it was because their feminine side was hidden away so deeply that it was so scary to let that come out. It was so scary to start moving your body in a sensual way. So that's why the first answer is to, to pause and reflect. And then the second part is to learn to understand your hormones and learn to understand your cycle because that's a key component into understanding your body and understanding your mind and how you function as a woman. And that's the reason why for example today I'm full of energy and I could just, you know, like I could explode through this screen, go run a marathon. And just, you know, it's just this vibrant energy because that's in my biology. And next week, you would get this more calm, more therapeutic Anna because of the shift in my hormones and understanding the shifts and then optimizing, optimizing the shifts, optimizing, balancing your hormones. Just what would be the good way, good word to, to use in this? Because I don't want to say transforms your life, but it, I guess it transforms how you see yourself and how you see your environment and then with this knowledge you can optimize your life accordingly and then the third component is intuition because intuition is very feminine and we've been deeply taught not to listen to our intuition not to listen to our gut instinct because we've as a society we wanted to put the power into other people's hands and I'm not saying don't listen to any professionals, don't listen to this, because they have a deep knowledge and expertise in the field that they operate in. But I just want to say that listen to your body. Learn to tune into your body and that feeling. If, if you go on a date with someone and you get the ick and you get like a really weird feeling, instead of thinking that it's, prob it's probably just you making stuff up and, you know, whatever it is and diminishing that feeling, maybe take that in. And reflect on that. Why is my body telling me this? And what is my body telling that my mind does not want to accept? And where is why is there this disconnection? And when you when you start understanding that, a whole new level of wisdom unlocks because all of a sudden you're connected to your body. So then you can't be manipulated, you can't be controlled, you can't be scared or you know turned. I was like, feared into submission because you you are deeply in yourself and in your body. And I think that's the scary part, both for ourselves and, and for other people. Interesting. I'm I'm so curious where what the source of that intuition is. I mean it, it feels like it's always a it's almost something magical that you can feel this person or this situation does not belong to me. Isn't that almost magical? I mean, it is magical in many ways, and it can be spiritual in many ways. But really, if you, if you look at it, if you want to rationalize it, it's electrical impulses that happen through your neurons in your body, in, in your cells, in response to something that you see or perceive or feel in your environment. And it's our survival mechanism. Uh, you know, it's the primal side of us that we used, you know, when you would hear a sound in nature, you're hunting or you're walking around and you, stare, you, you hear a sound and you feel something weird. All of a sudden there's a silence. You stop and you pause. What's going on? What's happening here? But in, in today's society, we hear there's so many different sounds and we hear all of these things and they don't communicate danger. But we still have these mechanisms to, to, that we process them all through. And it's the dissonance between that's causing us these issues in connecting with each other. 
Interesting. Uh, so when you talk about that river you talked about earlier, mm-hmm. when you compare that to that pausing and reflecting and and taking care of your body is like looking for the perfect way to let the river flow for yourself. Mm. Can you do that all by yourself or is it necessary to find a masculine counterpart? Ooh, I love that question. I would say that the answer is yes and no <laughs> because we can all do that healing work within i guess the question is more do you want to do the healing work alone or do you want to share that with other human beings do you want to share that with a professional do you want support in that so i'm not saying that you need a partner to heal or as a woman you need a man um, that's that's not what i'm saying at all we have different sexual preferences we have different relationship dynamics that we want and masculine feminine polarity is just one example of them but like i said we all have that masculine and feminine polarity within us for example i can be you know i can be very masculine at at some meetings or things need to be done and and so on and i love that side of me i love that fire that comes through and then i can be incredibly feminine nurturing and uh, i like to practice feminine leadership to to do that in projects and But also I can be very feminine in the sense that I want to be nurtured. I want to feel safe. I want to feel safe to surrender because that's a different side of femininity that can come out. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. I think what you're saying is that you can do, I rationalize this, so Mm -hmm. that you can fix like 80% for yourself and can be healthy and that's all, all fine. But is it like, that 80% can be 100 if you can be with someone or can you get to 100% as well when you're alone it's it that's a tricky question in many ways because in a way as humans we're 100 and 0 at the same time all the time you know we're whole this entire time and then the entire act of healing is to to reconnect with ourselves but to say that someone can only fully heal with the partner it's not something that I would fully agree. However, if you look at humans and if you look at evolutionary psychology and how humans are or how humans have survived, we have developed our social ab- abilities and, you know, these senses and intuition and energy because we've needed each other to survive. And that's why shame plays such a big role in our lives because to be to be shamed and to be isolated equals death. So I want to, I guess I want to open this up for a discussion between us in the sense that there's a lot that we can do alone. And I want, I don't want to say that you need someone to live a fulfilling and happy life. But trauma that occurs in relationships is often best healed in healing relationships. It doesn't need to be an intimate partner. It can be friendships, family, a professional. You know, you can start therapy, you can start coaching processes to to reflect on issues and pause and, and, and get that support. So I guess that would be my answer, that let's not, you know, let's all strive to heal, but let's not become islands, isolated from one another. I love how we just accidentally end up using these, these metaphors. <laughs> let's be the <laughs> liver, not, not liver, river connected to the continent and, and you know, flow <laughs> flow to each other. Sounds it's like a very good metaphor indeed. I always love metaphors related to nature. They feel very mm. true in in some way. So when you when as a woman you can be in your feminine and in your masculine, how does that work in a friendship? How does that work when you choose friendship? Does that also plays a, a role? I would say in in many ways. Um, there again, the the dynamics can be slightly different because. Well, depending on the friendship, but often friendships are considered platonic, so you don't have that sexual connection, that sexual polarity. But even in friendships, you know, I have beautiful friendships with men. For example, just at Mind Valley, like how healing it is to be at the presence of a safe, masculine man. And it just, you know, we're, we're hugging each other, we're having so much fun. And it's it's clear that it's a friendship. But there still is that 
you know, my feminine presence and their masculine presence. And that's, that can be very healing in, in many ways. So I would encourage people to also practice surrender in friendships and learn to discuss the boundaries with that and learn to discuss our needs in our friendships and say, hey, I would really need a hug right now. Can I have a hug from you? Can I share a hug with you? Would you be okay with that? And then yes. And then, you know, you can share that. And when you communicate about it openly, you create safety. Because then when you don't know and someone comes to you and like, hey, can I hug you? Especially as a woman, you can easily go into protection mode. It's like, oh no, are they hitting on me? Like, you know, whatever is happening, do they want, you know, is it sexual for that? And it's really easy to go into that mode. So then just communicating about things makes it so much easier and simpler. Shocking, I know. <laughs> like you said in the in the first the previous episode, no, it was not in the episode. It was on on stage. It was about how to make a woman orgasm or something. Just ask yeah. <laughs> or something like that. I know. Just ask. Okay. Communicating it's it's underrated. But okay, so communicating. Let's dive more into that. When you are a woman and you're feminine, who is responsible for the communication? And that might sound like so. So, as a feminine woman, in in terms of me communicating with other people, or like in a romantic relationship with a masculine man, or uh, yeah, in a relationship to a man. Well, I am responsible for my part, and in communicating what what I feel, what I need, what I desire, and my partner is responsible for doing the same. That's I think that's that's just growth as a human being. Obviously, feminine and masculine energies can impact that, and I mean they've done studies that. Even our, you know, with women, even our brain size changes throughout our cycle. So at some point, it's easier to communicate and others not so much. But it's not that significant of a difference. I guess the challenge is the challenge is that we live in a world where we have very little space for femininity and we have very little space for different cycles and flow. So then when women are at the beginning of their menstrual cycle and their, you know, hormones are rising and they're excited and everything's good, then it's easy to communicate because your desire is through the roof. When it's more difficult to communicate is, is the following weeks when you are in your luteal phase and you don't feel that desire as much and you don't want to disappoint your partner. And because we don't have that understanding to the degree of our bodies and our partners might not know so then the fear of rejection and letting someone down comes in and that's where it can be difficult so it's a difficult topics that we we find challenging and we often quiet about what, what i uh, hear from your story is sometimes they ask for more direction and is that something a woman can ask for i mean but is it considered okay to if a woman asks for more direction isn't that already mm. uh, something that went wrong if if the man is not giving it and can a man learn to do that oh i love this question before i answer can i ask you a question yes please why do you think you have that fear a fear or fear or that concern if i can learn that yeah well, I'm not sure if I think it is a fear, but no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think I can deliver guidance, but I'm not sure okay. if I can do it in any moment. And I think that is something I have to accept. It's not the right word, but that you sometimes you're not always... Wow, it's not a perfect sentence. Uh, that you're not always able to be the best guide in the moment mm -hmm. and to to also be able to surrender at that exact moment to say at this moment i don't know so we have to figure it out together it, what do you think about mm -hmm. that i think that's partnership I mean, i think a lot of people mistake polarities in in the sense that men always lead and women just surrender and i just want to highlight that surrender is different to submission because surrender can be a triggering word for for a lot of a lot of people, especially women. It used to be a triggering word for me. Can you imagine a few years back when I was going through the face? But let's not let's not go to that. The whole concept of understanding yourself 
and learning about yourself and learning what makes you feel feminine, what makes you feel sexual, what makes you feel masculine, what makes you feel confident is to then be able to be with other people. And life is not linear. Life flows and goes in waves and we need different levels of support based on our, our situation. And the way I see the polarities working is in that dynamic balance. So let's say a woman is in her luteal phase and she's not feeling well and she's feeling a bit bloated and tired and, you know, not, you know, ugly or whatever it is that she's going through. So then her partner can be there and understand that, okay, it's a phase that she's going through. I'm going to support her. I'm going to cuddle her. I'm going to ask her what she would want me to do to make her feel better, to help her feel better. And then as a man, you also have bad days. You know, you had a bad day at work or you feel like a failure or, you you know, something happened or you, do, you don't feel good in your body today. Why could you not go to your partner and ask for support and say, hey, I'm having a really tough day and it would really help me feel better if you could just hold me. If you could just hold me for a little bit, just hold me and hug me. Would you be okay with that? Could you do that? And then she can provide. She can nurture. But it all comes down to it all comes down to to knowing yourself and knowing the dynamics. And I know a lot of men have this idea that in order to be a healthy masculine man, you, you always need to lead and you need to solve everything on your own. But that's I that's not how I see it. That's not how most women see it. We we want a partner. All of us, if we're going to share our lives with someone, we want a partner with whom we can be all sides of ourselves. The best, the most beautiful, glowing gala dinners, and then just running around like kids naked at the summer house. You know, like that's, that's what you want. And in order to have that, you need to be connected to all sides of you, regardless of the energy. Interesting. And the reason why I stumbled when you asked me that question is, I think, partly because I thought I needed to provide an answer instantly. And I think that shows that what you were just saying, that even in small situations like this, you don't don't always have to have the answer. Yeah. So that was some vulnerability <laughs> on my part. And well, thank you for having me. It was a nice polarity, the situation. <laughs> well, that brings me to the question. Can you train your femininity? Yes, 100%. If we, if we focus more on men, you know, how to, train, how to train your femininity, I think it comes down to understanding where your masculinity comes from and understanding how society sees men because we live in a culture and, and i do acknowledge this, this can be triggering to hear what i'm about to say but we live in a culture where we want to empower everyone we want to empower women we want to empower people you know in marginalized groups i guess the challenge is that because there's been there's so much history in suppression so in our effort to overcome that, we've demonized masculinity because of toxic masculinity. So now a lot of men struggle with their identity because, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'd love to hear your experience, but because they feel that being a man is not a good thing, being masculine is not a good thing, but also being feminine is not a good thing and you're you're scared to embrace your emotions and and, and and the same, you know, the same in a slightly different concept goes for, for women. Because what we have done is in our effort to empower women, instead of empowering femininity, we have we have created this ideal of what a woman is and this boss babe and you do it everything all on your own and you don't need anyone and you know you have your career, you take her to kids and you do all of this stuff. And women are burning out. Women are not healthy and happy. Because then women have hormonal imbalance. Testosterone levels have declined massively. Sperm count has declined massively in men. So what we're doing right now is not working based on, 
you know, based on based on data, based on experiences of people. So to then to get back to the point is how do you operate in this world as a man? How do you cultivate healthy masculinity and that leadership when you want to build that polarity with your partner? And and again, that comes down to pausing, questioning those those behavior models that you've learned, and getting getting in touch with your emotions. That's the scary part. And then getting in touch with your sexuality. Because most men perceive their sexuality through their ability as a lover. It's like, what's pleasure like to you? What brings you pleasure? What are the things that scare you? What are the things that you don't enjoy, but you still do because you think your partner likes it and then you feel validated? Those are deep, deep questions that require time to, to answer. Yes, those are some really intimate questions as well for your partner, but also, also if you ask them to yourself. So when we talk about a relationship, how does a man actively support the feminine on a daily basis? C could you <laughs> paint a picture in like five five tips or tricks <laughs> that we can do? <laughs> You're laughing. because you already know one answer. <laughs> Tell me. Ask her. Ask her. Darling, how can I support you? I want you to know that I love you and I want to make you feel amazing. How can I do that? How can I do that today? I want to make you feel safe. How can I do that? But that requires, you know, your partner to then know themselves and know what they need and, and do that exploration. The second part is leadership, healthy leadership. I want to I wanna use myself in this example. Because I don't want to generalize women. But for example, to me, a massive turn on is a man who communicates directly, effectively, asks me out on a date, plans to date, comes and picks me up and provides this experience for me. Because I work hard, I'm passionate about what I do. And for me to then let go of control, let go of all of those things, and just to feel safe, to surrender, being my feminine, it's, that's a massive turnover. That activates my desire and that, that makes me attracted to them. And then on top of that, you add intelligent conversation and, and flirting and all of those other aspects. But just to take that leadership, and it doesn't mean that you always need to plan the dates and you need to you know, pro provide everything for a woman. Like that's not what I'm saying. I just want to be clear on that. But just to communicate to them in these ways that you deeply care about them and that you're willing to go over and beyond to make them feel happy and safe. But you're also in a place that you allow that, right? Mm. I mean, I also notice not dropping any names in just in case if they're <laughs> listening <laughs> but girlfriends of friends that demand a way of treatment but 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 not in a soft way but more in a no we're going to do this and no i want mm. this and no and no judgment to, to those women at all but when you when like you want want that treatment of a guy there there has to be something to surrender right there has to be mm. a counterpart to earn that, it. exactly so what would you say to those women that respond in in such a way which is not a judgment let me emphasize on that mm -hmm. exactly and i and it's i think the reason why we have such little discussion on these themes is that they are so triggering and you know it's easy you light a match and boom there's there's an explosion because it's so innate to us and there's a lot of trauma associated with this so that's why I, I i want to be considerate in how we discuss these topics there are a couple of things that come to that come that comes to this first of all it's you know there are differences in women some women are more masculine and that's more natural to them and that's how they operate. You know, it could be that they've diminished their needs for such a long time and, you know, people pleasing and not saying what they want, not saying what they need. 
And now they're in a place that I want this. And that's, you know, that could be, that could feel healthy for them. That could feel good. Another factor could be that they are in protection mode because you associate being masculine with being empowered and being powerful. And you want to act from that power. So then in order to enact that, then you behave in a way, you, you behave in a very, ma- very masculine way and in a very direct way. I'm not the person to say where they're acting from or, you know, how it's serving them. I'm simply here to communicate and then people who are listening can take on whatever they want and reflect on in their lives and kind of reflect on where they're acting from. That is indeed very a very considerate answer. <laughs> I love that about you. <laughs> one, okay, can I add one more thing? Yeah, please. Because one concept that I really want to change is this perception that feminine is not powerful. Because feminine is so freaking powerful that we are afraid of it. And that's why it's been suppressed, aimed throughout century. Burning witches, you know... <laughs> All of those things, shaming women's pleasure, shaming women's sexuality, all of those things. Why have we done that? Why have we suppressed that embodied wisdom? Because an empowered feminine is so powerful and it can be incredibly scary for both women and men. And that's why I want to highlight that feminine is not just all, oh, pretty and flowers and flowery and oh, just take care of me. And, you know, it, it's not that. It's, it's real, it's raw, and divine feminine, I think that's that's where the juice is. When you find a partner with whom you can be your entire, you know, the essence of who you are. You can be real, you can be raw, you can be sexual, you can be delicate, and then you can engage in a debate for hours and just, you know, showcase all of those sides of, of who you are. And I think it's time for the world to start understanding being feminine as something that's powerful and understanding the benefits of feminine leadership in how that can help with collaboration and communication you know within corporations and between them and why is it that it that is such a, a perspective that we have in this in this these times about femininity that it is something yeah like you just described how, how, how is, does that why is that like it's it's a result of shaming and you know years centuries of shaming and belittling if you look at you know women were men's property women women were seen as um, inferior to men because we were physically inferior and then it i guess it's a fear-mongering and i don't want to you know demonize religion but religion came in and it, it did a lot of damage to our connection with nature and to embodied wisdom and especially, you know, the witch hunts. So if you were a powerful woman, if you were too different from the crowd, then you were burned as a witch because you were a threat to society, you were a threat to religion. And, and you know, being sexual was so deeply connected to witchcraft and why is it that that the society saw a sexual woman as a threat there there are lots of answers that could be said but i'll leave it up to individuals to reflect on evolutionary psychology making sure you know (laughs) you know we could could go deep down the rabbit hole with this one but i guess i guess i'll leave it up to individuals (laughs) listening to this and opening discussion on on different levels regarding this good point i also feel like there's a a shift going on or maybe that's just my ball with it that could also be the case that there's more acceptance for the feminine and the masculine i feel like there's a shift going on but that could be my bubble that there's more and more acceptance for each of their roles in in that Mm. polarity do you agree I mean, I would say there there are a lot of shifts going on within individuals and collectively and and in our society. It's it's interesting to see the the direction of these shifts. But what what I care about, what I what I deeply care about, is just opening space 
for individuals to embrace who they are. So giving, giving women space to embrace their womanhood and embrace their femininity that, and the immense power that comes with that and the immense pleasure, you know, because it, it's, it's funny because people call me the, the sex biohacker. And yes, I love that and I talk about sex, but the reason why I talk about sex is, is not about sex at all. Sex is such a small part of it. The reason why I talk about it is because it's such a repressed shamed restricted area of ourselves that so deeply impacts our lives it impacts our relationships how we show up in our career it impacts our health all of these factors um, and feminine and masculine polarities happen to play a big role with that and to empower women let me let me rephrase this how can you empower women or men without empowering them sexually. To, to summarize what you what you spoke about, I find it very interesting that the collaboration within masculinity and femininity in yourself is a very very important to explore at first mm. is what I, I take away from your story uh, so that you can have a better coll collaboration with the feminine or masculine outside of yourself. And if you facilitate the right circumstances within yourself, you can connect better with the outside world. And that goes way beyond sex or way beyond treating yourself with good food or anything else. Mm. But finding your own energy and finding your own best circumstances. And, and it, it still is something to me that that I find very hard to grasp because yeah. I can feel your femininity and sometimes it feels different when I when I meet another woman or mm. another man for example I find it so interesting that it I totally experience it differently within each person and it's it's so valuable That's because it is different exactly yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. and then it just comes down to the dynamics yeah and it, it also says a lot about Myself, of course, when I meet another person, it's not like, oh, he is different. No, I am different in relationship to mm. another person, right? Yeah. Okay, so Anna, we touched on femininity in yourself, the polarity between femininity and masculinity. We, I, I'd also like to touch on femininity in society, career. You're a very good businesswoman. You're very successful in what you're doing. And... How would you encourage women to use and utilize their femininity to be, become more entrepreneurial or start a business or cultivate whatever is flowing inside them? I, I love that question. And whew, to answer that, I mean, we need, first of all, we need to, like we've spoken, we need to change our approach to femininity as a society. But through my own experience and through my discussions with women, there's still this innate conflict that we have because a lot of women, especially in you know technology, in engineering, in, in kind of traditionally masculine fields, they, they have told me that the moment you enter your university, you abandon your femininity and you become one of the guys. And that continues in your career and especially when running a business. I mean, you, you need a lot of masculinity to, to run a business. And, and it's also something that I've needed to, to learn, to, to balance the masculine and, and the feminine. But, but when you hit that sweet spot, it's... Anyway, but the point <laughs> is that being a feminine woman, whether it's in the corporate world, whether you're an entrepreneur, is not an easy path. And there are a lot of challenges that you would not even consider. Should I say this as an example? I guess I will. You know, there are a lot of... I'm hesitating. Okay, I, no, I will share it. I'll share this as an example. Because as a feminine woman, you're easily put into a category where you're not seen for your professional abilities. And some of my advisors have told me 
that, you know, when you're raising a round or when you're having negotiations or whatever, that you should appear more masculine to be taken more seriously as a young professional woman. And especially because I'm a sexologist. So there's this additional, additional challenge to it, I would say. But we have a saying that choose your battles. And I choose this battle. I choose to be feminine and I choose the challenges that come with it to make space for myself and for other women and to create change in this society for us to start celebrating womanhood and femininity. Because I am, you know, I am very feminine and that that's home to me. It changed my life when I learned to embrace femininity. And I want to be a nurturing and empathetic leader. I don't want to operate from a fear-based, performance-based mindset. I work hard. My teams work hard, incredibly hard. But you can do that from love. And I want to be the safe place that people can come to for support, for understanding to be heard. Because my job as a leader, yes, lead by example. But truly, my job as a leader is to help my people feel seen and perform at their best. Because truly, they're the stars. And I, I support them shining. I also just realized another, another nature metaphor. But that's what I want more in this world. So I, so I choose to go through the struggles of people wanting to date me instead of do business with me. I choose that battle because it's important to me to do that. And I do acknowledge that I'm very lucky in, in many ways, but it is because I work hard and it is because I'm passionate. And I really, it's just, it's funny, even being at Mind Valley, we would discuss our mission and why we do the things we do because I could live a lot easier life. I could I could be on the beach somewhere and, you know, do stuff. And I, I do that too. But my mission is to help this world heal and help as many people as I can. And that's that's why I do what I do. Well, that speaks a lot of confidence as well when I uh, when I hear that. It's like you explored your own femininity in such a way that you allowed yourself to stay in that femininity, be comfortable with it and operate from that place. I think that's very inspiring for me as a man, but also for a lot of women, that you can truly empower yourself from a place of softness. I think that is that is very inspiring. I love how you worded that. Empower <laughs> yourself from a place of softness. Because that's did that. what this world needs. <laughs> it's not men and women against each other. It's it's not it's not different, you know, political views. It's not different groups of people against each other it's it's us together against the problems and in that we can't we can't fight wars we need to have softness kindness compassion and care and that's where the feminine wisdom comes in definitely and i think you show that to your audience but also in our conversations you practice what you preach I highly appreciate that about you. And the best thing of this conversation, ladies and gentlemen, we have some <laughs> very nice development. We Anna has a very nice development going on that she's going to tell us about. There's not just one Anna going on. Multiple. No, no, I'm just we're we're developing we're developing a, an AI-based platform. But I'll give a a kind of small backstory to this but like i said i want to help as many people as i can and then you know as as through individual work consulting and and coaching and therapy i can only help so many so this this really started from a comment that i made this spring about how much i love helping people but i wish i could help more people and someone said as a joke like why don't why don't you create an ai based version of yourself and I laughed and I was like, ha, 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 funny. And then I thought about it. And it's actually pretty brilliant because through this AI-based model, we've been able to create a platform where individuals get personalized support. And it's funny to say, but it's, you know, there's my voice and then there will be other voices because I'm not for everyone. But it's 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 kind of trippy to, to listen to my own voice. I, I literally, I'm not. I'm not kidding. I'm not, I'm not sure if I should admit this, but I type in questions that I ask 
and then I get answers and I listen to them. It's really trippy to hear. There's a male sound as well. And it's really just to give people the opportunity to ask for help, shame-free, stigma-free. You can ask any questions about sex, sexuality, relationships, even health, um, and then embark on a personalized journey. So for example, if you had difficulty with orgasms, you get a plan tailored to you based on what you need on a, on a daily basis, and you have your personal coach, fraction of the cost that it would, that it would cost otherwise. And that's what I love, because it's like, you know, people from the countryside of India to Manhattan, you will have the opportunity to improve your connection to yourself and to others. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to launch it. I can give a link that people listening to this can, can get an early accent. It's, it's free for now, so. Yeah. Wow, please do. I uh, think we are better off with, with more Anna in this world. And uh, so <laughs> I think, I think this is a good way to, to start. <laughs> is there something else you'd like to share with the listener? I, don't know, I just, well, first of all, thank you for listening through this. I would love to hear your feedback, your comments, what questions came out of this, what did you like, what did you dislike, was something triggering, you know, like all of these things I would love to hear. So just send me a message on Instagram at Heal with Anna. I'd love to continue the discussion there. And I guess the take-home message here, like with all of our podcasts or everything that we do, is take a moment to pause, connect with yourself, do a bit of central dance and start enjoying life the way you want to. I think that's a beautiful message and a perfect way to wrap this up. Anna, thank you so much for holding the space with me, for sharing your knowledge, and until we meet again. Until we meet again, hopefully soon. <laughs>